and you are listening or watching uh, Gunday Brunch here on YouTube, Spotify, and freaking finally on Apple Podcasts. It only it's took finally happening. It only took what? Uh, whatever episode this is, episode five or six, it only took five weeks for Apple to decide that we weren't terrorists and, in fact, to approve our podcast. Now that I've said that, this will get yanked down. And Keith, you don't have to do a sponsor read for this episode because they're going to be included in a banner that's going to appear right now. Ta-da! Look at that banner, guys. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. But uh, let's get down to business because you guys probably heard our previous episode where we talked about gun movies that we loved. And we're both movie buffs, uh, entertainment buffs, and we like, obviously, we like guns. But there's a different kind of gun movie and often an action movie where it should be good. It has the right ingredients, whether those ingredients are actors, consultant, technical consultants, cool gear or whatever, where when you put them in the movie pot and you apply heat, the thing that comes out should be a delicious stew. But what comes out instead is disappointing or frustrating or it takes you out of the moment. And we're here to bitch about those movies. And Keith, do you want to go first? Because we talked about this offline and I agree with you 100% about this movie. (laughs) I will kick this one off. And my most disappointing movie i think to date and you guys can chime in and if you want to email in and whatnot you can tell me i'm wrong uh i won't care this is already recorded but the most disappointing movie recently to me was the old guard with charlie's theron and there was so much potential for this movie because if you guys don't know it's on netflix you can watch it it's got a very average rating from imdb and rotten tomatoes and metacritic and it's a, it's a very average movie but it didn't it didn't need to be average it's and what was so disappointing about it was just the lack of attention to certain details one of them and you'll notice it right away if you're a gun guy is the lack of attention to detail with the weapons like they do a lot of goofy shit with weapons there's the classic like missing the iron sights on top of an m4 and and everything like that but that's not one of the that's not the greatest sin honestly of the movie in general But the lack of attention to detail is definitely that greatest sin. And you can see it in the weapons, but you can also see it uh, in the early movie where, like, Charlize Theron's character, Andy, who's actually Andromache, um, the not Greek goddess, but Greek princess from Troy, way back, like, 6,700 years ago or whatever they they put together, She's very concerned about the fact that she got snapped in the background of a selfie, and yet the place where she's at has cameras out the ass, cameras out the wazoo. So, like, they make a big deal of her needing to get off camera, but only, like, one camera, this one chick's camera, just in case she uploaded it to Facebook or or whatever. And they keep making that sin over and over and over again, where they point something out. And then it's just like they don't cover it for the rest of the like she's not obsessive about being off of film for the rest of the movie. She just does it once and then that's it. It's super annoying to me when a movie establishes like a rule like in the beginning and then doesn't bother to play by or reference that rule for the rest of the film. Like when it's, it's sloppy. 
Yeah, it's, it's very terrible. sloppy. And uh, one of the one of the second uh, uh, places I noticed this is they go on this first mission and they fly in a Huey helicopter and they go in and you're starting to get established with this this team of characters, this team of immortals. Spoilers alert, guys. Um, this team of immortals is flying in and they're going on their first mission and it's like one of those missions that no one else can you know do and everything like that and that's the shtick for the movie the old guard is this team of immortals um from various eras charlie's theron's andy is the oldest of them who's like 6700 years old but the others are like from the crusades and a few other earlier periods in history and they're all really old and they go in on this mission and they need to do the thing. And then they run into a group of other, you know, bad guys and they get shot to shit and they all get dropped. But then immediately after that, immediately after they get down by like this elite squad of like Delta goons, essentially, all the Delta goons just like immediately fuck off and start talking to each other and do nothing of what a kill squad would be doing after gunning down their target like finishing them off checking them from intel doing anything like they literally just like all turn to each other and have a circle jerk and are just like chilling there while all these people like get back up and then they all switch to their medieval weapons and start fighting through and it, it's just such a sloppy it's it's one of those it's one of those shifts giant shifts in threat level where 10 seconds ago these people were actually a problem they were actually um an issue for you and now because it's time for you know team immortal to come in and start kicking ass like now they're no threat whatsoever like you, they just murdered you and now they're no threat whatsoever like it, it's so sloppy and what they could have done instead was keep them a consistent threat they could have started riling through pockets for intel and all all kinds of other like actual after kill stuff and then have them come back and start waking up again in the middle of it and start getting shot and have to deal with the fact that they're getting shot while coming back to life and have to fight their way out of this. That would have been a much better establishment of their superpower instead of, hey guys, wake it up. Oh no, they're waking up. Yeah, and it would have it been. It's going and it keeps going and it keeps going and it's just sin after sin after sin of sloppy breaking your own rules right after you establish them by the way breaking your own rules over and over and over again and it made for a sloppy movie that didn't this could have been an awesome urban fantasy movie it could have been freaking awesome you got this team of immortals that can do cool missions that other people can't because they basically have to die during the mission there, there would be no other way to accomplish this mission and there was so much potential here for a well-written movie and then they just they just lost it in sloppy editing and sloppy just choices because they established something and then they lose it, which is sad to me because I just looked it up because I was curious. Uh, they are making a sequel. There is a second part coming for this. And again, it's Netflix and it did recently, it, it did decently well on the overall scale of things, I guess. So that's all you need to, to get a sequel, but I, I really hope they learn from the first one and put this on the editing room floor and the storyboarding floor with more attention to detail because there's a good movie lurking in there. 
There is. There's a great movie lurking in there. And all you needed was attention to detail to bring it out because the premise, you know, long-term badass immortals who go on these awesome super secret missions that nobody else can do. And they're, they're finding other ones of them, you know, every now and then. And you've got like this big bad scientist guy who wants to like unlock this for the rest of humanity. And he's willing to break all the normal moral medical codes to get it. Like that's the premise of a really good movie, but y'all fucked it up. Really did. Uh, and for people who are listening, you should know that these uh, the Old Guard is based on a series of graphic novels, which I've heard are fantastic and are a really fun read. So if you'd rather read them, you can absolutely do that. Uh, I have a gripe with the Old Guard too. Uh, I have all of those gripes, but I have one other uh, related gripe oh. as uh, Keith's video just went away, which is fine. My video went away. And he's back. That's great. <laughs> but I do have a related Old Guard gripe, and it's specifically that the main character, uh, Charlize Theron, if she's, you know, whatever, like 6,000 years old or some crazy number, she spends a really good, a really large portion of the movie bitching about how terrible the world is and how terrible society has gotten. And I wanted to punch her in her stupid face every time she said that because, bitch, you were alive when people shit in the streets and had to wipe their ass with leaves. And now there's literally running and now literally 70% of the world has access to clean water. And like that alone would seem like a miracle. The fact that like she thinks the world kind of sucks because people still do murders and stuff. Yeah, people, is, people still do murders, but like on the grand scale of murdery centuries, 21st century doing a-okay. We're doing we're doing really great. Well, like she would have lived, this is someone who would have lived through Genghis Khan mm -hmm. and is who you know killed so many people that he reduced the earth's greenhouse gas emissions they even depict her and her you know band of a band of uh, immortals fighting in the civil war a war we fought over slavery they depicted uh -huh. in world war one and world war two which were all really really bad and now she's yep. in the 21st century and she's like society hasn't gotten any bear any better i'm like Bitch, like, when was the last time we did a Holocaust? Like 70 years ago. So calm down. Shit has gotten better. We're, was, we're doing better than we ever have. Is that the equate? Is that the same as doing really well? No, humans still suck, but yeah. we suck a lot less. Yeah, I, I feel like there could there was probably a better way to get her disillusioned and unmotivated to save the fact the world. that she, yeah you you could sit there and be like oh well i fought for 67 centuries literally been fighting for 67 centuries i'm really tired tired of fighting humans don't seem to learn this really well yeah that would have been could have gotten mm -hmm. that across without yeah humans suck you could have that would have worked yeah so yeah, that would have worked. I do, I do, I, I was very disappointed with that movie. It was one of those that I put it on and I'm one of the people why Netflix, it did well on Netflix because I put it on in the background, uh, picked up my phone, played on Instagram. When I heard something explode, I would look up, rewind it like 10 seconds to the beginning of the explosions, watch the gunfight and then go back to my phone. So mm -hmm. I, I can, and what's funny is I can still tell you the broad strokes of the plot having watched it like that. Uh, and, and the other problem that I had was it, 
like in a movie where the main premise is that people are immortal and can't die, uh, but sometimes they can die. So that was confusing. But um, in the movie where that's the main premise, in many instances, the gun handling was so bad, it it it, it broke my suspenders of disbelief, as it were. I was like, come on, which speaking of breaking my suspenders of disbelief that takes me to my movie which Let's go. <laughs> oh, i was all right so i really really wanted to love this movie and i still like this movie mostly because i'm a fan of the franchise but bad boys for life was so disappointing as a movie and as a sequel to what I still regard as one of the greatest buddy cop movies of all time, Bad Boys 2, uh, it was just, and it was bad and it didn't need to be bad, but the parts of it that were bad were the, a lot of the technical stuff and that really like, so I'll set the table for everybody. For if anybody hasn't seen it, spoilers for Bad Boys for Life in five, four, three, two, one. Okay, here we go. First off, I'm mad at the title. It is they they should have done a filler movie on Bad Boys Three and used Bad Boys for Life on the fourth movie. But that's that's just me. Uh, what really bugged the fuck out of me was Bad Boys Two does not pretend to be a movie that engages in serious technical firearms handling from the main characters. Uh, if you watch the supporting characters, the guys who play SWAT cops and Coast Guard guys and you know that sort of stuff, their firearms handling is very good, which is sort of what you expect with Michael Bay, where his main characters are you know, very Hollywood with their gun handling, but the support characters all look like they know what they're doing, which in part is because the DOD loves Michael Bay so much that whenever he's like, hey, can I borrow some guys for a thing? They're like, yes, please, Michael Bay. Go. Shoot our equipment and our troops and our stuff with that pornographic love style that you did in Transformers, and then he does. Mm -hmm. So uh, in Bad Boys 2 specifically, all of the sport characters kind of look like what they're, no, look like they know what they're doing. Bad Boys for Life, aka Bad Boys 3, uh, they did not. And like the plot's completely ridiculous, the story's insane, none of that matters because it's a Bad Boys movie. I didn't come here for a plot that was like grounded in reality because if yet if that's what you're looking for, just stop. They start not, ridiculous not, in Bad Boys. They may they stay ridiculous in Bad Boys 2 when two Miami cops do a fast rope insertion from a Coast Guard helicopter into Cuba to rescue a guy's sister. That's that's right. <laughs> you know, Bad Boys 3 just as ridiculous. But what was what really fucking yanked me out of the movie was there's a scene where Mike Lowry gets shot. Uh again, spoilers. And he gets shot with a dude, uh and it, it's actually one of the cooler scenes in the movie. The dude that shoots him goes by him on a sport bike, does a stoppy and hoses him down one-handed with a P90, like a full rock and roll P90. That was actually pretty rad. I was like, okay, that was cool. And that was what you expect. Then the problem is they use the P90 as like a technical point to try to track down like 
the guy who sold the ammo to the shooter because it's this unique round. And they're, they really try to do the tech jargon, but the tech jargon was written by somebody who had been in the same room as the Wikipedia article about the P90 and the FN57. And so it's so wrong, but it's presented so earnestly that it just just ripped me right out of the, the narrative because they're saying all of these things that are like adjacent to true, but they're not, but they're not. I had that take same it. experience, that same experience with November Man. I didn't see November Man. November Man is actually overall a very phenomenal movie. I, I give it very high marks in being a, a phenomenal movie. It's Pierce Brosnan like reconnecting with his daughter, but he's like an international assassin. Oh, yeah, no, I did see that. Okay, yeah. yeah. And and he's going he's going through all this. And I think I think that's the movie. It sounds there is a movie with that plot, but he's going through all this. And at one point, he's he's talking uh, to the female character that again I think is his daughter, but I'm not 100 percent sure. And uh, he's talking about like if he has to shoot her, if he has to kill her, or if if someone has to die. And he's like, don't worry, the bullet moves at over 4,000 feet a second. You won't feel a thing. And I'm like, what fuck is he shooting? What ammunition are you using? God, I want one of those. But yeah, and, and so that's the thing. Like, he's, clear, the movie, he's clearly in context talking about a handgun. And that so and that 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 drives me nuts. Like, because we talked about this in our good movies episode, is when you're the movie needs to play by its own rules, right? With mm-hmm. bad boys, I expect the movie to be ridiculous. And so then when they kind of try to do something that I that you would see in an earnest technical way and they get it wrong mm-hmm. it's not just bad it's distracting it takes you out of the movie because if they had said uh, uh an example of a movie that gets this right is lethal weapon three with mm-hmm. the cop killer bullets which are presented as patently ridiculous but there's no uh, there's never any attempt in the movie to be like to portray yeah exactly to portray them in some sort of accurate technical way they're just like these are cop killer bullets that are coated with teflon and go through bulletproof vests it presents you with a rule and it maintains consistency with that rule whereas bad boys two or bad boys fuck i almost called it bad boys four where bad boys three has a dude do a stoppy on a sport bike spray somebody one-handed with a submachine gun which is wildly unrealistic and then tries to do the hard realism by being like the FA, oh, they call it an FN Herstal is what they call the gun too, which just hurt my head, which I know that, yeah, and the, the FN Herstal has like, and then they did the whole like space laser bullets that go through 600 sheets of armor. And I'm like, uh, oh, and they also make it sound like uh, five, seven ammo is some sort of magical ammo that's really hard to find which as i mean it is now but every ammo is magical ammo that's really hard to find right now we're starting to get over that hump but we're still not there yet i still spent six hundred dollars on my last case that shouldn't have cost six hundred dollars yeah but you go back to that and it's it's not it's not a magical round ruger makes a gun for it yeah Ruger with like the People's Firearm Company of Prescott, Arizona, which is what I'm calling Ruger from now on. The People's uh, Firearm Company. 
<laughs> but uh, no, but yeah, so that, and that's a big thing for me, like about where you, for me, I just want movies to be consistent to the rules they created, especially when those rules are dealing with a subject that I'm a subject matter expert in. If you mm-hmm. start off with like, we love Commando because Commando doesn't attempt to be a serious attempt at gun handling. No, it doesn't. It sticks with those rules the whole movie. We mm-hmm. love The Way of the Gun because it does attempt to show realistic gun handling and does so in a way that borders on the obsessive. Mm-hmm. So those are two very different segments of gun movies we love. One is patently ridiculous, but knows it and embraces mm-hmm. it and it never tries to be anything else again schwarzenegger with that ridiculous mac 90 ak like hitting everybody from the hip and never running out of ammo patently ridiculous why doesn't it bother us it's consistent with their rules versus bad boys going from all right we're bad boys to now we're going to take this little side jaunt and be csi for a minute mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't want, if I wanted to watch a CS, if I wanted to watch CSI, which I don't, but if I did want to watch CSI, I would just do that. I come to Bad Boys for explosions and explosion. That's pretty, I'm there for the explosions. Explosions, yep. That's what I'm here for. I'm here for explosions. Explosions, buddy cop banter, explosions. I want to watch a guy get shot in the head and then fall on a landmine and blow up. That's what I want, because that happened at Bad Boys too. (laughs) <laughs> so keith are, are there any other gun or yeah, gun movies or action movies that just did maybe they maybe they weren't terrible but they had a scene or something that just drives you nuts oh there's there's not a movie coming to mind right now but i have to shout out a tv show and it was a tv show that started fantastic and unfortunately devolved and God, that hate. is we're gonna have to cut here because I'm drawing a complete blank on the name. Huh? <clears throat> and that is Battlestar Galactica the reboot. Battlestar uh, Galactica. Which um, I loved, but got it. <laughs> and that is Strike Back. Oh, I Strike Back. Unironically love Strike Back right up until the main actors leave and they replaced them with the set the new cast exactly they were fantastic and you can tell these guys trained and the girls the whole cast the whole main cast trained with live firearms on live ranges and actually trained with dudes and and people who knew what they were doing because their handling is spot on through the first like four or five seasons it gets a little weird um just because like season one as it was presented here in the u.s was actually season two because there was like a, a pre-season with the guy so, who dies in season one i'm and- a huge strike back fan i will explain the whole chronology Amazing. for people right now Go for it. so in the united states strike back seasons one through uh four. five or one through four are kind of one concrete story arc uh, like that extends through these four seasons. There's always a big bad in each season, but it's the story of uh, Frigg. I'm going to say the actors' names, not the characters' names. Uh, Philip Winchester, which is the best name for an action movie actor. It really ever. is. Um, and then the guy from the terrible 300 sequel. So they're the main characters. Uh, Strike it's Back. Stonebridge in- and Scott and Stonebridge. Scott, yeah. Yeah. Damien Scott. Yeah, Michael Scott. Yep. 
I can't believe I forgot that. That was my Xbox gamer tag was Sergeant Damian Scott. But anyway, so those first four seasons are kind of their story arc. The season one of Strike Back is in the States. It's called Strike Back Origins. So I've actually never seen Origins. Didn't watch it. Uh, I watched it. Was one actually, four. It, it's, it lived up to one through four. It lived up okay. to the Stonebridge and Scott arc. It really I'll have did. to check it out. So, and then after the Stonebridge and Scott arc, uh, the show actually got canceled. Then it got uncanceled by Cinemax, and they brought in all new uh, all new cast, all new characters. Um, that the technical and it just wasn't as good, and you could tell that the technical production fell off a freaking cliff. Like whoever they had for consultants on seasons one through four was like, nah, I'm good on Strike Back. I'm not coming back for seasons five through seven or whatever it was, which- Or they, or they clearly them. were like, nah, we don't need that guy. We can figure it out. Yeah, which I will say I did watch all of them, but the seasons with the new cast, which they grow on you and they, they get good chemistry and they work well together as a cast, but the technical stuff- and the also the quality of the special effects all went downhill for those later seasons. So I one hundred percent agree with you that that show started out great. It had very like the first two seasons, especially you can you can just you can smell the nineteen nineties SAS roots of whoever your consultants were. You're like, oh, oh, he's got that stockless AK jammed out against a sling. I'm like, how delightfully authentic yes. from twenty yes. years ago. So <sighs> nice. And then, was, and then they get to a point where it like actually makes sense and he flips out the stock instead of just leaving it in the whole time. And you're like, yay, decisions. Yeah, no, I really, really made. enjoyed. Uh, the actor Philip Winchester in, I think one of the season, I forget if it was two or three, performs probably the best on-camera pistol reload I have ever seen, where he is shooting at a car and he goes, bap, 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 goes to slide lock with his Glock, moves his concealment garment out of the way does a slide lock reload and starts shooting and i was like if you can't if you're listening to this i was just face like mouth open just oh my god that was the best jaw, on jaw dropping that it was the best on that show was fan freaking tastic i i put it up there with with it was uh, the best i'd seen until john wick like in terms yeah. of technical gun handling it was probably the best that i had seen on screen up until John Wick. It was so good. Back when I owned a gun magazine, we used to do um, features, the guns of blah, blah, blah. And my favorite one to this day is still the guns of Strike Back. We actually worked with Cinemax. They got us uh, release, like they got us like pre-release DVDs and stuff, PR images and all kinds of fun stuff. Cause that was, I love that show. I am so glad you brought that show up because that show was fucking great. It was amazing. And I'm so, so upset that they didn't maintain that consistency. Like it's, it's, I'm happy to hear that the characters did well, that the actors did well in portrayals in the later seasons. So that at least there's that redeeming storytelling quality to it. But the fact that you had not only good character chemistry on screen in the early seasons but you had good technical proficiency so that guys like you and I could look at that and go yes this is a tv show but there's nothing there's nothing that's going to knock me out of my immersion right now my suspension of disbelief is fine like I don't care that like a disgraced delta operator would never be dark recruited again like he's persona non grata you wouldn't ever give this fucker a job 
and and all that like it, it's got that james bondian element of like flying by the seat of your pants and there's a lot of sets in this in the show and everything like oh that. yeah uh, um, no do not watch this with your kids in the room there are nope. hella titties like they're like the side plot of the first three seasons is uh sergeant scott's character banging everything that walks good guys literally, bad guys. literally. it's i mean the show did get its start on cinemax and it was in that transition phase where cinemax was like are we titties or are we like real tv and they were like let's do both let's do titties and real tv right at it um which i will close this episode out uh with not a not a show specific gripe but a general gripe that i have with and this occurs so often in movies tv shows uh all kinds of stuff but i do not know why Foley guys, guys who do sound in post, make every gun click when you move it. Right? Like they're not like, that noisy. Guns are not <laughs> it, it dry and it's so annoying. Like if you've got like a dude and he runs into a room and there's like 30 bad guys with AK-47s and they all point their AK-47s at him, I guarantee you there's going to be a cacophony of clicking noises that they put into that scene when yep. in reality unless you're racking the bolt or taking it off safe, the AK is not going to make noise. It's not going to like me bringing an AK or an AR-15 or a shotgun from the low ready to the high ready and just aiming it does not generate any sounds. And pointing and a Glock at someone we have does seen not shows and, sounds. and when the characters are trying to be sneaky, no clicky noises. They're all just... Right. But then when it's time to like emphasize that a gun is being pointed at somebody, clicky noises. And I get it. I understand that there is a that there's a cultural association with a hammer cocking or a shotgun being pumped that has this, this guy means business. But when you but when a cop whips out his Glock and it goes for no reason, I'm like, yep. why? Why did you do that? There was no reason for that. He's pointing a gun at him. I feel like we have entered a fairly serious moment. Yep, that it dra- drama intensified. We didn't need a gratuitous amount of noise. Gratuitous shotgun cocking is another like universal sin. And one of the funniest, it's still irritating, but it's it's so ridiculous that it's funny, is wrong gun noises. Like a revolver making a shotgun noise or... Mm. <laughs> One of my favorite one of those wrong gun noises is in the early edits of, uh, so you'd have to either have one of the laser discs or one of the pre-special edition VHSs to see this of Star Wars, uh, specifically A New Hope, in the scene where they're in the catwalk and Luke and Leia are shooting across at the stormtroopers, there is a scene for whatever reason, uh, Leia's gun turns into a 38 special like it does the gun itself but it goes from making pew pew laser sounds to blam blam noises blam, and blam. <laughs> i don't and i mean they edited that out in the special editions but it was it was so jarring that it was the sort of thing that my dad who's not like a super movie buff would notice he would be like why does that sound like my work gun all of a sudden and i'm like i don't know i'm just i'm just watching the space guys so stuff like that is stuff like that it's it I can excuse it more in the 1970s than I can today, where you know what sounds guns make. You know that Glocks don't go click, click when you point them at people. So that is- You you have two decades of recent experience that you can draw on and a bunch of very easy to find consults 
to pull in and say, hey, did we do this right? Did we do it close enough? Did we make any serious errors? Yeah, literally every movie should hire Mike Grasso as their technical consultant or me, but I'm not in that business. Yeah, but right. if I, you want to pay me to do Hello, movie people. If you would like to give me money to tell you what noises guns should make, I am available at calebdeckings at gmail.com. Send money. I am also available. <laughs> Hire any of us, really. Yeah, really. Like you could literally, you could swing a sack of cats at SHOT Show and pick the five people that it hits and they would do a better job than you get sometimes. And they would probably do it for cheaper just because they would be so excited. They'd be <laughs> like, hey, I get to work on a movie. I'll, I'll do it for a ridiculously lower sum than the the last guy who you were grabbing for this consult. Right. I just want to be that, the credits. Right. I just want to be like, I have an IMDb page already. It's pretty lame right now, but I've got one. So, you know, we could pad that sucker a little bit, guys. I'm just saying. All right, Keith, you got anything else for this week? I got nothing else. All right, guys. So well, we will be we back. We will see you folks next time. Yeah. <laughs>